Hello and welcome to the CISS podcast. This is the On the Spot series by China Forum. In this series, we return to the platform of international forums and webinars, where leading minds in academia, government, business, technology, and media deliver novel, collaborative responses to the global issues of the day. Hello and welcome to the CISS podcast on the Spot series. This is Bebe with China Forum, Tsinghua University. In today's podcast, we'll continue with Professor Dawei's analysis of the recent meeting between Chinese President Xi Jinping and U.S. President Joe Biden in San Francisco. Will this face-to-face meeting usher in a more friendly face of bilateral relations, or is it just a much-needed respite? From the already complicated state of global affairs, what kinds of people-to-people exchanges are on the horizon between the two countries? Please stay tuned to find out more. So, some of the discussions floating online among netizens in China is that the U.S. right now is kind of just taking a break from its hostility towards China because it's immersed in both domestic troubles and also its involvement in not just. The Ukraine war now, but also the Israeli-Palestinian、mm-hmm. conflict. And one expression I heard was used by Professor John Mearsheimer、mm-hmm. from University of Chicago.、Mm-hmm. He said that the U.S. is up to its eyeballs in alligators. I mean, do you think the U.S. is simply taking a short break to get ready for a stronger stance? You know, as if it's saying that let's not veer into conflict just yet because I'm really busy at the moment. You know, say that for, but definitely later. The simple answer is no. I don't agree with this argument. First, it depends on how do you interpret this summit. The goal, to what extent, is successful. We already discussed that. Sometimes we say after this summit, there are some tactical changes. Well, strategically, it's safe.、Mm-hmm. I agree with this analysis, this framework. I mean,、okay. China-U.S. relations, as I said, the nature has already been changed from a basically positive. positive side to negative side. This is what I call strategic level. At that level, nothing will change.、Mm-hmm. I don't think it will be changed in foreseeable future. And I don't think the two leaders are meeting for changing that. Level changing that、uh, strategic level. Well, at tactical level, we can do better. We can improve our situation to make it less dangerous. And Chinese side can urge American side to change some policy at least. Wrong, even from Americans' perspective, the, hurting both sides. Yeah, for example, in the future, I hope the U.S. can remove its tariffs imposed、mm. by Trump administration. They didn't do it this time, but later, I think, from Americans' perspective, it's wrong. I'm not saying、right. from China. Of course, from Chinese perspective, it's wrong. But there are some elements in the U.S. policy that, even from their own perspective, it's harmful.、Mm-hmm. So I think we can gradually change that. Yeah, I mean, American consumers are still battling with inflation for、exactly. years. Now. Exactly, and the U.S. government keeps talking about raising interest rate,、yeah. but you can only raise it so far without、yeah. hurting its、yeah. own economy.、Yes. And the easier way is just to lower the tariffs、yes. so、yes. that people pay less. Yes. So I mean, if we agree on that, then I don't buy that theory because 
In that argument that you mentioned, it's mm. a, like a brick thing. It's like uh, the U.S. pretend to change it strategically, change the bilateral relations strategically. Then after the brick, it will return to that. I just don't believe that U.S. is changing something strategically. It's the same. The fundamentals are the same. It has not changed. It has not changed, and so there's no break, right? And at tactical level, I do believe the American side, just like the Chinese side. Want a stable bilateral relations because if we have some conflict, it's a kind of loss-loss situation. Right. Both sides will suffer.、Mm-hmm. So I do think the two sides want to avoid that worst scenario. For that, I think the willingness of the two sides to stabilize the bilateral relations, at least tactically, I think is something genuine. So can we say it's being optimistically pessimistic? Oh yeah, pessimistically optimistic. optimistic. So another counter argument is I always say U.S. is、uh, in Chinese we say 牵手观音啊 a Buddha Buddha with a thousand 观音 with thousands hands right? right. The U.S. can do something simultaneously. I mean the U.S. I believe they can deal with Ukraine crisis, the Middle East crisis at the same time. Deal with China simultaneously. The American always say that we can chew our gum while walking. Right? Yeah, right. Basically, the same thing. For instance, in past one and a half year after the outbreak of the Ukraine conflicts, have we seen any decrease of the U.S. containment against China? No, I don't、mm-hmm. think so.、Mm-hmm. The U.S. can, on the one hand, press Russia; on the other hand, press China,、mm-hmm. and they use different policy instruments. Okay. So、um, I don't think the U.S. only have one hand, and if this preoccupied by Ukraine or Gaza, then it cannot deal with China. I don't think so. So、uh, again, I don't buy that argument. And by the way, this process of stabilizing the bilateral relations started from. Bali last November. There's no Gaza conflict at that time. Right. So that's I don't agree. Yeah. Yeah. So President Xi has stressed again and again that China is ready to promote mutually beneficial cooperation with the U.S. based on the three principles of mutual respect, peaceful coexistence, and win-win cooperation.、Um, in your opinion, what are some of these mutually beneficial cooperation opportunities? I think there are a lot. For example, the economic cooperation. We already said tariff. I think、mm. this is mutually benefited. Right. And also improving the business environment. For example, in China, and also at the same time in the U.S. to open the market. China need to open its market.、And、U.S. market was quite open before the change of the China-U.S. relation,、mm. but it it becomes closer、mm-hmm. for Chinese investment for Chinese business. Mm. Community, so I think if we can ease some security concern and open our market further, I think it's mutually beneficial. And、mm. uh, the two sides can also work on something not only mutually beneficial. We can also work on those public goods for the whole planet. For example, we need to work on climate change,、mm. public health, new、uh, energy. Yeah, and all those things. It's not only China-U.S. mutually benefited. It's for the good of the whole globe. Exactly. I think that's a lot of things we can do. Two leaders talking about people to people. If we have more flights, that's mutually benefited. Yeah, exactly.、That's, I was going to ask yeah, about that. Yeah, that's very obviously. For example, today. If you want to fly to the U.S., it's quite difficult. The airfare is quite high,、mm-hmm. and you will have multi-leg flights sometimes. 
But this time they already announced that they will have more flights. So when we have more flights, obviously everybody have benefit from that. You can have a shorter flights and、right. you can save your money. It's just easier、yeah. to travel. Yeah, to exactly. Or send more students to the other side. Right.、Uh, there right. are still a lot of Chinese students want to study in the U.S.、Mm-hmm. And I also think the American also need to. Come to yeah, China to visit.、China. Welcome you. I always tell my American friends, even if you view China as a competitor, or even if let's say you view China as an enemy, you need to know your enemy better. <laughs> exactly.、Right? By staying、mm-hmm. in the U.S., you cannot correctly understand China, no、yeah. matter you view it as a partner or enemy. I mean, also the media is just so incredibly biased. Yes. I mean, that's another thing I wanted to stress is how President Xi has emphasized on multiple occasions this time, and also I remember when Bill Gates was. He also emphasized that the foundation of China-U.S. relations lies in the people. And also, I, here I want to share a quote from Global Times, both with you and also with our audience. The quote says, "American people don't have the need to seek global hegemony like Washington has, while the U.S. is made up of people and not just politicians." And the people of China and the U.S. can and have the need to carry out cooperation that meets both sides' interests. So, what does a healthier relationship between the two countries mean for the peoples? Like cheaper imports for American consumers, more for investment in China. I think that means a lot.、Mm. I mean, international relations—we call it international relations. International. It's, yeah, it's a nation to nation. But the essence of international relations is interpeople relations.、Mm. Yeah. So we are all human beings, right? Right.、Uh, so these are two peoples. Their relations. Is the core of the bilateral relations,、mm. and also the bilateral relations need to serve the peoples.、Mm. Why do we want a constructive China-U.S. relations? Because it serves both people. Right. So a couple of weeks ago, we had a people's dialogue in New York City with American friends, and I made an opening remark during that event. I cited the first three. Words of the U.S. Constitution: "We the people." I think "We the people" are the purpose of these bilateral relations,、mm-hmm. and "We the people" are the content of these bilateral relations. Scholars, officials, we talk to each other, we fight against each other. I think we serve our people.、Mm-hmm. So I think a stable and constructive relationship. Means we can travel to each other more frequently. We can understand the other country better. We can send more kids to the U.S. and vice versa. Our businessmen can work there, can invest there, vice versa. So we can have a better life.、Mm. We can have a better understanding of the world. This is the human being about. Right, more choices for both sides. Yeah, exactly. And、uh, usually we say in China-U.S. relations we have three pillars. The first pillar is security and the strategy issues. The second pillar is economic and the trade issues. The third is people to people. I think among those three pillars, the first, the strategic and the security side, and the second, economic and the trade pillar. Those two pillars are quite difficult, to be honest. And I do not expect any fundamental change. But the third pillar is a low-hanging fruit that we can really. We haven't picked yeah, pick, <laughs> right. Those are something that we can do, and、uh, those are something we should do. That's the reason you already cited what President Xi said recently about the foundation of the bilateral relations lies in, in the, the people. people. He is very correct on that side because not only this is something we 
should do, but it's also something we can do. Right, and it's also, according to President Biden said, actually, this is a better way to ease or prevent misconceptions and misunderstandings. You get, you come over here and check out, you know, China. It's safe, it's beautiful, people are friendly. And also, this is probably because of the three years of COVID. You know, things just stopped. But now it's time to push the button and restart. Yeah, to be fair, I think both in Beijing and Washington, D.C., there is a so-called echo chamber effect in the Mm. two capitals. We only hear those similar voices. We reinforce our weird imagination towards the other side. Mm -hmm. So by people-to-people exchanges, we really need to break this echo chamber, Mm. walk out of this comfortable zone to the other side to understand the other side Mm. more accurately. I think this is something we badly need it now. It's crucial. And speaking of which, I know that back in August, this year, you participated in the U.S.-China X-Gen Dialogue, organized by George H.W. Bush Foundation for U.S.-China Relations in Washington. And this is where scholars and students from different generations in China and the U.S., you met to discuss topics such as U.S.-China relations, the Taiwan question, and the climate change. How did you feel about that? Can this be considered as a people-to-people exchange? Yeah, of course. This is a people-to-people, and just as the name implies, it also evolves the different generations. We have some people older than I and some younger students in their early 20s. I think those experiences are interesting because we can hear different perspectives, not only from two countries, but from different generations. I see. Sometimes younger generation from China, they disagree with us. And uh, I mean, for my generation, maybe I share more commonality with my peers in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's horizontally China-US mm-hmm. we discuss, but uh, vertically okay. within China group, China team, mm-hmm. we also have our own internal debate. And uh, similarly, mm-hmm in the U.S. side. So one thing I learned from that is we already discussed the people-to-people. Not only we need to have more people-to-people, I think we really need some generational dialogues even within China and within the United States because the younger generation, sometimes they lack the knowledge or experience of this relationship. For example, I experienced something before they were born, right? right? So they don't understand the nuance of those history. That's something I think the younger generation need to learn from the older generation. But at the same time, those older generation like me who worked in this field for decades, we are sometimes addicted to those high politics. You uh-huh. know. We always say our interests, their national interests, and our belief, what is our values, right? right. Ideology, Ideology and interests. Sometimes you talk to the younger generation, talk to students, they share a lot of similarities. Like they talk about the pressure in campus, the peer pressure. They talk about their anxiety finding a job in the future. And they found Um, similarities. They have very, very strong similarity. Actually, when younger generation talk to each other, I feel they have less political and logical element in their discussion. Or obstacles. Yes. In a way, less obstacles. Yeah, they don't think those issues are so important. I think for them, those are something, first, less important, secondly... In the background. Yeah, it's something (laughs) we can discuss. For people, for the old man like me, (laughs) I mean... There are something unnegotiable, you right? Mm. Like ideology. So I think that's also an educational experience for mm, me. I see. This world is multi generational yeah, too. Exactly. Very interesting. So 
that's back to President Xi's another citation. He said that the hope of the bilateral relationship lies in the youth. Younger generation's dialogue is among the people to people, but they are very special part of the people to people ties. I'm looking forward to the fifty thousand students、yeah. you mentioned that will be coming to China,、exactly. hopefully on direct flights. Because <laughs> there is the imbalance between the two countries. There are a lot of Chinese students studying in the U.S.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the current number, I think, is two hundred and ninety thousand. That declined fifteen percent. I think during Obama administration, we have three hundred and sixty or three hundred and seventy thousand students there. But today, two hundred and ninety, it's still much higher than the American students who study in, in China. China.、Mm-hmm. The number Ambassador Burns, the U.S. ambassador to China, gave us a number last semester this spring. He said there was only three hundred and fifty. Oh. U.S. students, three hundred and fifty. Three hundred and fifty. It's not three hundred and fifty thousand. It's three hundred and fifty. In China. Yeah, in China, American students here, three five zero. Just those. I think maybe、mm. he underestimated a little bit, but、mm. I will say, if not three hundred and fifty, maybe five hundred.、Mm. Yeah, that's a number in Spring Festival. I think in this semester, in the fourth semester, I believe. We have more American students during the Obama administration. We have sixteen thousand American, yes,、yeah, sixteen thousand American students study in China. But now, from sixteen thousand to three hundred and fifty, so I think that's a background why President Xi announced that plan to invite fifty thousand young Americans to visit China. So, for our listeners who are thinking of coming to study in China, here is the opportunity. It's going to be、yeah. less competitive. Yeah, that's good opportunity, and China. No matter university like Tsinghua or Chinese government or the ordinary people, I think we are very, very welcome.、Mm. The American students. I led a Tsinghua students delegation to the U.S. this summer, and、mm-hmm. our first stop was Harvard University. And、uh, the deputy provost there, Professor Mark Elliot, told my students in his opening remark. He said, "My call message to you is: Harvard University welcome Chinese students to study,、mm-hmm. to visit."、Mm-hmm. I think. Now I need to say to my audience that、uh, <laughs> the message here from China is extremely clear. That not only Tsinghua University, I think all the Chinese universities、mm-hmm. welcome American students to visit us to study here.、Mm-hmm. I think this is a safe place. Yes, it's an open place. Lots of vitality. Yeah, exactly. Happy atmosphere, and it will be a memorable, enjoyable experience.、Yeah. In Tsinghua, we have the Swartzman College.、Mm. They have a lot of you know, every year a lot of American students. I think all of them have very good impression, and also that will be a lifelong, memorable experience here. And also, I've tried some of the canteens here yeah, in yeah, Tsinghua yeah. University.、Uh, Absolutely have, fantastic. I don't know how many canteens we have. Fourteen、mm. or sixteen? I'm not sure. I don't want to boast my university too much, but、uh, we do have. You agree with that? Yeah, but different localities will have、yeah. different flavors and specialties. Yes.、Yeah. Um, and now back to the meeting between President Xi and President Biden. We know that President Xi also met with other Indo-Pacific leaders. Can we maybe、yes. say a few words? Yeah, we talked a lot about these bilateral meetings, but don't forget the APEC. Another, <laughs> yeah, we have another meeting, another summit. That's APEC. In past thirty years, I think APEC is a major. Major、uh, important venue for Asia Pacific countries' economic cooperation. We should not forget that. And、uh, more and more people, particularly some experts, say, "Ah, APEC is a talking shop.、Uh, it's a talking shop. It's not very useful." I 
agree that uh, we need to make it more efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, every multilateral venues have this problem of inefficiency. inefficiency. I think mm -hmm. like UN or other things, a lot of complaints, WTO. But if you don't have those multilateral venues, then you will miss it. You mm -hmm. will miss those inefficient multilateral venues. <laughs> Right. And uh, particularly for APAC, this is Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation. In past uh, four decades, I will say, the Asia-Pacific region has been a region with uh, the largest uh, economic growth. Right, right? Yeah. And uh, we all benefit a lot from that. And also it's a peaceful region, mm. probably the most peaceful region in the world. For me, when some people use Asia-Pacific this term, the basic image of that is peace and development. Peace and, and vitality. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, in recent years, I think the U.S. and some other countries call it a new term, Indo-Pacific. I agree that India is an important partner. But I mean, the United States have injected some new content in the Indo-Pacific when the U.S. have this Indo-Pacific strategy and kind of thing, and within that framework, they have so-called strategic competition with China. Mm. So now for me, if someone uses the term Indo-Pacific, the image I got is about security and uh, competition. Mm. So we Chinese always say, what is the main theme of a time, a theme of a region? I think for me, Asia-Pacific equal to peace and development. Mm. Indo-Pacific equal to security and uh, competition. I, see. I think we really need to cherish the platform of the Asia-Pacific economic cooperation. Mm. This region needs peace. This mm. region needs development. Mm. This region does not need securitization. This region does not need this major power competition. It's mm. not in anyone's interest. Exactly. It's not in China's interest. It's not in the U.S. interest. It's not in Asian countries' interest. So I think President Xi's meeting with the, all those leaders from other countries, I think, reminds us that this is a region very, very peaceful, developed, and also very, very energetic Rare, region. Yeah, we need to cherish it. Exactly. I remember President Xi said in his speech that peace does not come easily, something to that effect. Like It takes time to maintain peace, yeah. so we shouldn't take it for granted, yeah. and it can you know, easily slide into something worse if we don't protect it. It's not easy to have peace, but it's quite easy to have a war. Exactly, yeah. and that's a strong message. Um, and also, to wrap things up, the word competition comes up a lot in U.S. officials talk about China. But the relationship is so complex and intertwined that to describe it in such simple terms, I think at least it's a distortion of reality, to mm -hmm. say the least. Mm -hmm. And also President Xi said that one shouldn't view the Sino-U.S. relations as just a competition. So what are some other words you would use to more accurately describe this relationship? Mm, yeah, that's an important but extremely difficult question to answer. The, my honest answer is I don't have an accurate, better term, but I don't like competition first. Mm. I think this is the wrong word to summarize these bilateral relations. And it affects people's mentality yeah, when they yeah, think yeah. of China and the U.S. Yeah. I think the U.S., policy to China, strategy to China is not competition, to be honest. The mainstream view here in China believes that uh, 
The U.S. is trying to slow China's development. Tries to contain China. Yeah, contain China's development or try to keep China down.、Mm. This is not a competition. Some people say this is containment. It's not a fair、uh, competition. Yeah, it's not a competition. It's just a, some American friend asked me why can't we have a race just like athletes on the Olympic Games? You know, have a competition. I said, yeah. I'd like a race, a competition like the Olympic Games, but in the in the Olympic Games, one athlete won't stop the other conflicts from buying a pair of sneakers. The U.S. is stopping China to buy sneakers for the race. That, for example, the chips, right? right? It does not want you to compete with them. Yeah. So I mean, many people here believe that the U.S. is trying to slow China's development.、Mm-hmm. And sometimes we also have confrontations, and at the same time, to the brighter side, we have cooperation. We have collaboration. So this is a multi-faceted, multi-dimensional relationship. I think it can hardly be summarized as competition. Just a competition. I don't have a magic word for that, but I think for China and probably for the U.S. too, for all the countries, I think our goal. Is not competition as about who is number one, who is number two, who is superpower, who is middle、mm. power. I think that's not so important. I think all the country need to focus on its own domestic development,、exactly. the people's lives. Yeah,、How、I think that's more important.、Lives. For example, China is still a developing country. Our、mm. GDP per capita is only twelve thousand last year. That's already, of course, much better than ten or twenty years ago. But we still have far way to go.、Mm. I think it's more important for China. To increase its GDP per capita from twelve thousand to twenty thousand,、mm-hmm. I think it's more meaningful to step out of the so-called middle-income trap. I think that's more important for China.、Mm-hmm. So it's not for China want to surpass the U.S. to replace the U.S. hegemony.、Mm-hmm. I think. That's totally meaningless for China. For for Chinese people. Yeah, and people. I think the U.S. have their own a lot of problems. The、right. U.S. have such a polarized political system now. So many social problems, challenges. This country is very divided, and there are so many poor people. Right. When、mm-hmm. I visit the U.S. this time after the pandemic this year. I saw so many homeless people. There are more homeless people on street than pre-pandemic period. I see. That's a、uh, huge problem now. We yeah. So I think why not solve your own problem? Or like、uh, we touched upon fentanyl issue.、Mm-hmm. Why not control your management of drug better rather than just blaming China? Of course, China is willing to work with the U.S. on those fentanyl precursor issue.、Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I kept on telling my American friends. So long as there is a need, there is a demand, there will be supply. So I mean, we need to so, stop it at this. It fundamentally, this is the issue. This is a challenge that U.S. need to manage better domestically. Internally, yeah. Yeah, right. For example, in China, fentanyl issue is not a issue. issue. Yeah, it's not an issue. <laughs>、right? If you believe that China produced all those precursors, why we don't? I would say、here. most Chinese people don't even know what that yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows that. And also, the U.S. need to work with Mexico and other countries where those precursor, according to Americans' viewpoints, those precursor were transported to Mexico and made into fentanyl and then, then illegally smuggled smuggle. into the U.S. Why don't you first manage your domestic management better? Secondly, work with Mexican government to deal with those drug cartel in Mexico. Then of course we are willing to provide help if you think it's necessary.、Mm-hmm. This side we will agree to stop the precursor. But again, I think in Chinese we say the more. Right,、mm. the root and the branch, a tree. Right? right, there is the root of the tree. There is the branches of the tree. You cannot only cut those branches. 
to mm. solve the problem. They'll you, grow you, back. You need to find out the root cause of some problems. Mm. The root cause is in the U.S. So I think the U.S. also need to focus on its own domestic development. To use President Obama's term, he said the U.S. will lead the world for another 100 years. Okay? Is that as I, I, meaningful to the American people? Yeah, if everybody suffer their life, why mm. the U.S. need to lead the world for 100 years? Mm. So I hope if we solve all the domestic problems better of course that country will lead the world mm -hmm. right? right so i think the development is more important than competition mm -hmm. yeah but again i don't have a magic term a magic word for you i'm sorry for that that's okay <laughs> yeah, but i think we need to reflect on those issues yeah you know i keep thinking while we're talking that let's just be reasonable yeah you know common sense and be yeah. reasonable and maybe a lot of problems will be solved yes naturally. exactly And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the 50,000 students from yes. America and also from the wider world coming yes. into China. Exactly. And also, we're happy that pandas will be going back to yes. the States <laughs> and have a happy life there. Thank you so much, Professor Da, for thank you. your precious time. Thank you for interviewing me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Yes. With this, we'll wrap up the discussion with Professor Da Wei, Director of CISS, Tsinghua University, on the latest development of U.S.-China bilateral relations. Thank you for listening.